Hi everybody, you're having tea with Alice. This is tea cast number six and again Sean was not able to uh, make time this week. He's really underwater with personal stuff so what you have is my uh, crappy edit of a podcast that I recorded in a cafe. So it's got that kind of cafe noisy backtrack backing <laughs> sound effects. If that annoys you, probably skip to next week. I don't mind it myself, which is why I'm putting it up. I know it's not a great sound quality thing, but I find it not particularly problematic when I'm listening. It's just kind of atmospheric. I feel like I'm part of a conversation that's actually happening. So if you feel the same way, uh, listen on. So this week what you have is um, my conversation in a cafe in Oxford with my twin brother, Henry Fraser, who's a musician, an academic here. He's doing his PhD at Oxford, and I'm very proud of him. Uh, there are a few, I think, I don't think there are too many kind of weird twin language in-jokes. There are two things that you'd want reference points for that we refer to. One is that Henry is engaged to be married, which he refers to, um, and... The other is that he plays music with a girl called Hattie Briggs, who's a brilliant musician as well. You should look her up. So you can look up Henry on henryfraser.com, find his music there, and Hattie Briggs you can also find on Facebook or if you uh, Google her. They're both very talented people and worth listening to. I will enclose at the end of this podcast um, the track Orbit, which is one of my brother's pieces. Of music. I kind of enjoyed this podcast. I enjoyed the conversation. I don't know if it's self indulgent or not, but I think it's interesting to see how two people who are very close talk to one another and also to um, have a bit of reflection with somebody who I'm very honest with and who's very honest with me, which is something that you try to be in life, but there are very few people who you really can just be 100% honest and open with. I know, you know, it's that kind of unconditional love thing and I think that's an interesting conversation we had. And uh, either next week or the week after, I'll put up the second half of the conversation, which is a little bit more esoteric and academic, um, or I might put that up as a bonus episode, depending on whether Sean is back in real life by that point. Um that's about all if again if you have any feedback uh, we've been getting a few really interesting letters from some listeners which is astonishing to me that anybody is listening but uh, good points and I'm trying to take some of them on board others I am disregarding entirely but if you have any feedback contact me on Facebook where I'm Alice Rebecca Fraser R-E-B-E-K-A-H or on Twitter where I tweet at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E, or just email me at alicerfraser at gmail.com. Don't have enough traffic yet to do a podcast-specific Gmail address, but I will read whatever you send me, and I may well take it on board. <laughs> that sounded patronising, I didn't mean it to. What I mean is, uh, join the conversation, or whatever it is that we do these days. Uh, I'm having a really nice time in England at the moment. I'm stressing out a little bit about my show, which is coming up. I have a trial show for Everyone's a Winner in Sydney on the 23rd of February, which is at the Imperial Hotel in Erskineville at 6pm. So that's 6pm on a Sunday if you want to come along and 
uh, see me try out this show and, and run it through its paces and see if I can make it better, that would be awesome. I think tickets are $10, so it comes just before the cult Sydney show Fuck Club, which is a kind of an alternative comedy room which is famous for sort of various extreme alternative forms of comedy. It's always a good night. There are always a few acts that you like completely blow your mind and are incredibly excellent and some acts that are slightly freak show disturbing and upsetting but it is always worth heading out for that and if you head out for that then also head out for my show it's a double bill 6 and 7 30 p.m on sunday the 23rd of february all right guys i will see you next week thanks for listening this is me talking to henry you're having tea with alice you know what this mic does? Having it here, it like it like emphasizes the sense, like makes me one, makes one more conscious of one's own ignorance because like it's published, and I'm you know so much in the habit now of always providing a source when anything is going to be published. recorded. Or, I no one knows. Or if not published, then relied upon. It's very, it's a baby podcast. So let's just put a disclaimer, don't rely on anything. Ever. And I don't claim to any knowledge of anything. That's the implied disclaimer of all podcasts, because if you claim to have anything, then you'd be on the radio. Yeah. And it's also just fun for having tea, having tea with you, talking about ideas. We can make it funny if you like, if you prefer to just talk about silly things. Why are we in Oxford? Um, Al has come to visit me, um, which is lovely. Dad came too. That was nice. Dad's nice not part time. of this podcast. I hope, I hope he doesn't listen to it. <laughs> Why? Because I talk about contentious and harsh issues. I know. He doesn't like it when I'm harsh. I don't like it when you're harsh, I like you. But that's not my business to tell you how harsh or not harsh you should be. Why don't you like it when I'm harsh? Because it's... Harshness is not generally pleasant. But it's interesting. Of course, and you're fine. I'm refined. You are fine, and it is coarse. Hmm. And so it causes dis- dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah, I just, well, yeah, like, no, for, you know, I think, I don't know, maybe that's it. Well, I mean, because you have an idea of who I am that is informed by who I was when I was a delicate child. No, not exactly. Stuck in the world of books. I just don't like the idea of you being coarse and that being your domain, the domain of coarse things. I don't think it is. No, I know it's not. But I think that it's important to say some things. I know, but sometimes I'm like, why don't you leave that to the coarse people? (laughs) Because there are things that are brutal that are worth examining. Yeah, but there are lots of our brutal things, but you don't talk about all kinds of brutal things. You talk about a particular brand of brutal things. Like? Vaginas. I don't talk about vaginas. You just cliched me as like the 
female comedian that everyone hates. I don't actually talk about vaginas at all. I do talk about sexual politics. That's what I mean. Oh. And I think those I are... I find all that stuff, well, it's relevant, it's important. I kind of find it tedious. I find it tedious. Why do you find it tedious? Because, like, it's just a whole bunch of... I don't know, maybe that's how stuff happens. It's like... The, the, the momentum, like the gathering of momentum on social networks of like memes, effectively, like an argument, like a trope, like the upworthy of like you know, this dad, this son didn't think his dad would be so awesome, and it's like you know, dad says like conventional, um, you know, libertarian. Um, message of tolerance to son and it's like oh, okay yes another one isn't that great and it is great but I'm just kind of like oh, it's tedious it's like this it's the pomposity of it it's tedious and then it's not that you're pompous mm. you're pompous but it's like that then you're you like feel become, allying that you just become part of that of that like thing and it's an important process but I feel I'm kind of like this is really mean because it's none of my business actually mm. and I'm like well why does it need to be you? Like that's that process is definitely going to happen without you. Why do you need to be like because repeating that message? It's because it's not an original message, and you have lots of original messages. I don't think I am repeating unoriginal messages. Have you listened to any of the podcasts? Yeah, I listen to your podcasts. But I don't think I am repeating unoriginal messages. I think I'm having an interesting reaction to things that are actually happening. And as much as you might be bored by the backlash, the backlash arises from the fact that we, or I, am bored by the status quo. Yeah, but the problem is, you know what it is actually? It's, it's two things. You're right, there is that status quo, but, but it's certainly the, among the people who listen to you, the status quo is is already affirmed in their minds, you know, it's the preaching to the converted things. Mm. The people who are going to listen to you, the female comedian who's talking about sexual politics, they're not going to be the people who adhere to the status quo that you're, that you're against. It's like the self-affirming hipsterishness of that discourse that is frustrating. It's an interesting point. I don't know that I agree. Whereas the things that, you know, but then, but it's not like the proportion of the stuff that you talk about that is that. It's a small proportion of the general things that you talk about. You talk about lots of interesting things. So who, who am I to tell you not to talk about one thing that interests you? So what, the, what are the things that I talk about that do interest you? Banks, politics, events. Stories, like real stories, just stories that you've come up with. They're more interesting to me. Mm. Why do you think that is? I mean, the banks thing. Is that because that was a really original insight, and it's not an insight that you know that was yours. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a bandwagon one. Whereas the one not that they not that they sound like such a such a tool now. Um, okay, we can cut this out. No, that's right. No, no, no. this one this one should go in. You just tearing me to pieces. It's not me tearing you to pieces. We're challenging you, is it not? Are you challenging me? No, no, me? I no. I like I like uh, you're one of the few people who gives me good honest feedback. No, but like point one, I approve of you. I support you. Whatever you do, like seriously, like I want you know. I shouldn't feel like I'm like secretly judging your endeavours. You're not secret about it at all. No, but, but you also... shouldn't feel like I'm thinking less of you because of it. Mm. No, I'm just kind of like, that's not interesting to me and it's kind of like slightly squeamish making. 
Mm. But that's because you're a white man and you're part of the system. Doing a master's at Oxford. Like, raping people or like not knowing that no means no. And, no I'm you know what I mean? Like, and nor uh, the vast. Well, maybe that, then again, like then again, maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe it's actually. You know, you read these horrific statistics, like educated people, and like, you know, where are people getting the rage the most? Like at university, at university, the place where they're supposed to be learning to think rationally and to think compassionately and to become better people. So maybe, in fact, I'm completely wrong. But then again, like, if that is the case, and that's where the people are doing the raping, like, is it a upworthy trope? Of like, or like the challenging, you know, the controversial, challenging sexual politics discourse, you know, pervaded by intelligent, strong young women, is it actually doing it? Slowly, yes. Don't take to heart my criticisms. I criticize you too much. Why do you think that is? <laughs> I actually don't know. I think it's just that I'm a megalomaniac and I need to control things. I don't think so. I mean, I think you you have very high and harsh standards for yourself. And I'm one of the few people who you consider as within your own Venn diagram bubble of, you know, selfhood. Because I, to a certain extent, I reflect on you. I represent you. I don't, I don't care how you reflect on me. I guess, yeah, maybe that's it. And so, but it's not really fair anyway to have the same standard, you know. That's but you're so nice to everybody. Except you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I always, I feel, I feel terrible about it sometimes, especially while I've been away. I think, oh, I've been such a. You know, you're a very good brother. No. You are. Say it to the microphone for the record. <laughs> Henry is a very good brother. I do sometimes feel guilty for bossing around. But I boss you around too. Not really. You're usually just very sweet. <laughs> I don't. Uh, Your sin is to drive me crazy by not doing what I want. <laughs> My sin is to drive you crazy by telling you what I want you to do. Well, in the context of like us doing music together, that's completely reasonable because you're much more skilled than I am. And you care about it. Like if we were back in the day still doing comedy sketches together. <laughs> as we used to, I would yeah. probably boss you around a lot more. You do, yes. Because yeah. I think that I know what's funny, just as you think you know that what, what's musical, slash, in this case, interesting, or boring, or... Tedious. Coarse, or tedious, or whatever it is that you've decided that I am. I don't think that you're coarse or tedious. You can't... You, see, this is you taking it. You have to be rational about this. Let's <laughs> not let our emotions into it. I'm not saying that you are. I'm saying that... That is, I feel like, it, well, no, let's not go into the details of it, precisely what my like scathing criticism is of your life choices. No, do let. <laughs> no, no, because I don't really, they're not valid, they're not valid. It's not you, it's not you, it's not an attack on you. It is an attack on things that I'm associating myself with. It's not about even what you're associating yourself with, it's just like... Why bother? I don't know. Why bother doing anything? Yeah, true. I mean, why? Why? It's more like it's more. It's more like you know. Just it's the point that you said. Like, why is that the argument that you've gone for? Mm. Why that one? 
that one's adequately. Because I'm qualified to talk about it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but that's almost a lack of confidence to just choose only that one, like that you're qualified to talk about it because you're a woman, like that's what, and you're like well educated and articulate, and then that so like you know it's like an admission of defeat. So you think I should talk about... Man things in the patriarchy, the male world, the sphere uh, of power the and politics. No, but just, Car no, no, no. machinery. No, no, Cooking chicken. No, no. Homeless no, people. Well, yeah, this is not a, I'm not saying, you know, this is not even necessarily a valid... The nature of criticism is that valid, it expands rational. the point of criticism. So let's get aside from the fact that, you know, it sounds like you're criticizing everything I have ever done. I'm not um, criticizing everything you've ever done. that's why I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that by nature, criticism is a magnifying glass. So yeah. don't feel bad about it. No. I'm, in I'm actually interested. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're one of the few people who, like... I will take criticism from. Yeah, but you shouldn't. Why shouldn't I? Well, you should consider it, but you shouldn't just take it. But I, I value your opinion highly. Yeah. yeah, but you shouldn't value, you shouldn't assume that my opinion of you depends on my opinion of the subject matter that you talk about. My opinion but of you is that, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the heart, the opinion of your heart and your intellect. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe in that, which is but maybe I why I take criticisms personally, yeah. because I think you are what you do. Yes, in yes, but like you also are, yeah, but, but, but you know, it's the, it's the motivation of it as well. Yes. You also, you know, that you're, you're open-hearted and generous, full of love for everyone. You just want to love people and be loved back. Yes, which is why I've chosen to be a comedian. <laughs> yeah. Love me, love, love me, through the medium of laughter. Yeah, I certainly don't think that you're petty or self-aggrandizing or anything actually that. I just think that that subject is boring. Okay, I will take that on board. For a long time I really steered clear of any kind of woman-based issues. But, yeah, but, you know, actually... Because I was self-conscious about being judged as, like, a female comedian or a fe you know, you know, the idea that women can't talk about women's issues because somehow that's exclusionary, whereas men talking about men's issues isn't exclusionary at all, no, it's universal. I don't think that it's exclusionary. On the contrary, it's, it's, it's... It has that character of... You think it's populist? It has that character of... Yeah, of not almost almost dogma for a certain group which 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 constructs itself in opposition to what it perceives to be the status quo which I think it misconceives and exaggerates the force of the status quo I don't think it does because I think within institutions like this like in Cambridge or in Sydney or in big cities and things among educated people you're right it, it is the status, status that's what I mean. And those that those you. are the people who listen to your podcast, do you know what I mean? I don't know who listens to my podcast. No one listens to my podcast yet. <laughs> but I think Once they hear this one, I mean, wow. Well, so, I mean, <laughs> it's gonna kill it. Um, um, no, I mean the point being that um, I don't think I do recite the party line. I think I have 
an interesting and specific take on things. I don't think I am. You do have an interesting and specific take on things, yes. Yes. But not that interesting and specific. Or, <laughs> no, it's even that, like, what if you had that interesting and specific take on something that was actually interesting <laughs> to me? <laughs> to you. <laughs> Is this basically we've isolated the problem? <laughs> yes, I think we've isolated the problem. <laughs> no, not paleo. Even that looks sort of tedious. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, let's criticize me for a while. You're too morose. <laughs> no one's interested in you. They're not listening to this podcast for my criticism of you. That's true. No, you're good. You, you, you're too hard on yourself. And I think that's part of why you're hard on me. I think I count as an adjunct, at least. No, I just I have a high opinion. I have a high opinion of you. Sorry. Yeah, you're egotistical about me. <laughs> no, it doesn't hurt my ego exactly. Just have a high opinion of you. That's nice. But as we know, having a high opinion of someone can be a constraint on them. A huge constraint on them. Terrible. Constraint. If you think somebody is. You know, the message, the takeaway message is you do what you want to do and what you see fit. Oh, I am doing what I want to do and I am doing what I see fit. Talk about what you want to talk about. Yeah. Just because it's boring to me. I will. Thank you for your permission. (laughs) You have my blessing. Thank you, Boya. That actually means a lot. No, it's just that you're, um, you let things make you sad. I let everything make me sad. That are not sad. Or that are... Everything everything is sad. I think my (laughs) takeaway to you is harden the fuck up. (laughs) Everything is sad. But again, uh, why would you focus on the sad things? Yeah, that's true. Because it only makes you sadder and it is boring. Yeah, it is boring, yes. Very tedious. Interesting to me, but no one else. I think we've found out that the thing that both of us find most unforgivable is boringness. Superstition. Also, superstition, superstition is, boring. is boring. It's boring, isn't it? Because it's so unimaginative. It's not, you cannot argue with superstition. A, yeah, you can't right. have an interesting engagement with it because it's this kind of monolithic, monolithic by virtue of being ephemeral and vague and based in kind of gut instinct and so you can't actually address well, it's it it's not always gut instinct it's based on all kinds of things you get this you can you can imagine how these some things happen indoctrination yeah, is or just like someone making an observation like the first person who had the superstition that was probably quite interesting yeah they kind of induced something from circumstance oh. or, or or kind of had some conjecture and then will and then either they or other people were way too confident in that <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm like yeah definitely black cats definitely because you see a black cat and you're like oh that made me have a creepy feeling and it is kind of black and shadows are black and shadows are black, black, and black, and black and it's scary and its eyes look really dangerous because we freaky. can't see yeah. yeah and you know all these things either consciously or subconsciously but then like the 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 next idiot who's like yep i'm gonna like drive like five walk five kilometers out of my way to avoid crossing the path of a black cat I mean come on it's just like uh, I'm falling asleep out of I'm, fa- I'm falling like angrily falling into like an angry coma just like how bored I am yeah I think boredom is anger the boredom is anger no doubt because being no, neutral no. about something is not being bored if you're just chilling you're just chilling but boredom is like 
being forced to pay attention to something you don't want to be paying attention to. It's like having to go jeans shopping for eternity. <laughs> like you can't not pay attention. I love jeans shopping. I'd love a nice pair of new jeans. Yeah, everyone should contribute to my Kickstarter so I can... I don't have a Kickstarter. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about Kickstarter? I think it's a polite way of asking your friends for money. I think it's often done that way, but I think I think it's misused. Yeah, it is. Like I've seen some stuff. I was like, some stuff. I'm just like, I cannot believe the goal of it. Yeah. Like a band being like, we really want to play South by Southwest festival. For those non-musicy people, South by Southwest festival is a massive music festival, music, but known, culture, but known especially for being like the the. Uh, Hub of cool. Harbour, oh no, but the hub of A&R. It's like where a it's the festival where A&R happens, where labels do their A&R. What is A&R? A&R is the, I actually don't know what it stands for, to be honest, but it's like, it, they're the ones who pick and recruitment? Yeah, something like that. They're the ones who pick pick you. you know, they're the ones who assign you as the A&R people. They're the ones who come and look at you and it's like, you know, you go to South by Southwest people. It's like, oh, oh, Sony a is going to be there and like we're playing in some booth and they, they'll see us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this band had the goal. I, I, I don't know what they're playing, but some people can treat oh, We'll get to that. Let's put it aside. But the, yeah, the, this band was like, yeah, pay for us. Will you contribute for us to go on a tour of America and play at South by Southwest? No. Will you contribute to me to like go on holidays? <laughs> no. Professional development. Yeah. yeah, it's a little. But it's but it's like you know they they have like are they do they think that you're so like lustful for a sense of relevance that you're willing to like invest money in the possibility that one day you might be able to say oh I helped them start up. Really? Like is that the sentiment that they're playing on? I don't know what they're playing on. Yeah. Just maybe sympathy, or maybe you think they're really good and want to support them. Yeah, but why should you support them? For nothing, for a t-shirt. Well, why don't I go out into the street and be like, I'll give you a t-shirt if you send me to the Maldives for my honeymoon. No, like, what the hell? <laughs> why don't you do a Kickstarter? <laughs> for the honeymoon. For the honeymoon. Honeymoon And then just like increasing rewards of like... Yeah, you can uh, come on the honeymoon. Like, come the, on the honeymoon. like if you donate like you know five, ten thousand pounds. You can be there on the wedding be, night. Yeah, it's like you'd be in the bed. Um, yeah. Or like you can marry us. Like you can You can be the priest. If you give us thirty thousand yeah, dollars to pay for our wedding, you can be the priest. It would be amazing. But like I can respect kicks I can respect like I read an article about it the other day and I fully agreed. Took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. Which was those things kickstart are possible and all the other ones. Yeah. Then they're valid when it's a pre-sale. When what it actually is is a pre-sale. In the same way as like a share sale in a company. It's just a it's just a managed investment. It's like you get something out of it. You put in money and you get See, I don't necessarily agree with that directness. Or a subscription. Or a subscription. I agree with you to the, to the extent that I don't like people who are just like, give me money so I can go to this place. When you're just like, well, if it's a commercial enterprise for you, then maybe you should treat it as a commercial enterprise. But I don't necessarily think it should be just pre-sales. I don't think it should be because uh, then it, I mean, the virtue of those things is that they're not commercial. So you're not selling to a big company. They're, they're like patronage. 
they give you the freedom that patronage gives you because you're not directly tying it, it to a it product. It is, yes, patronage and the sense of satisfaction of the patron. That they so the one that I've just signed up for in a sort of a tentative way is this thing called Patreon. Uh, which is, it lets people sponsor you for like a dollar a month or whatever. Yeah. And so then you get an income or whatever it is, probably you know three dollars a month. But it's towards you being able to produce art that is not for necessarily for the market. It's just for the art. So they think you're a worthwhile artist, and then you don't have to paint a p picture of Coke or do a joke that you think will get you on TV. You or you know do a you can um, that you can um, essentially buy somebody else artistic freedom as the if you think that that is a morally valid thing to do because art's always been pa like that patrons I mean, that's of art because you create that distance and so you don't have the sense that you're out there to please a patron but then it's the same it's just another you know in the same way as the commercial. Objective can affect your art. You can also, I'm sure, there are ways to play up to that crowd and produce, you know, has its own influence. Patronage always has an influence. You know? Yeah, of course. Just Leonardo da Vinci did yeah. pictures of his patrons yeah. in his things, but I think it gives you more freedom. Obviously, there's no, there's always a quid pro quo in any exchange yeah. of anything, but I think it's a nicer one yeah. or more palatable to me as somebody who likes saying things for the sake of saying them, not for some commercial end. Well, don't get me wrong, I'm going to have definitely the platinum package on my Kickstarter. Yeah. Which is, you know, guitar lesson. I'm hoping to uh, use Hattie's fame when Hattie, like, is really successful. Sell a guitar lesson by Hattie <laughs> instead of me. <laughs> or like a songwriting lesson. Which a friend of mine sold some of my poems on her Kickstarter. With your consent? Yeah, with my consent. Is this like a copyright claim? <laughs> no, no, no. She said, uh, uh, if you give $50, I think, to her Kickstarter, I would write a poem. And then a couple of people bought it, and then I spoke to them about what poem they would want, and then I wrote the poem. Yeah, I wrote quite a nice one for Scott, actually. Uh, we should probably wrap this up, because the tea shop is shutting. Is there anything you want to plug? Oh yeah, well, in the next couple of months I will start a Kickstarter campaign for my next EP. So, uh, if you like Henry's soothing voice... If you like my soothing voice you want to hear it singing, I've got an EP out at the moment, it's called Quickly. Go to henryfraser.com, you can stream it for free. You can download it for free, I would rather you donate it when you do that, or you can get a high quality sound file by actually purchasing the electronic product. Can I... Uh maybe close this podcast with a, one of your songs yeah totally. if you keep listening after I stop talking you'll hear one of Henry's songs uh, and we'll decide on what it's that called, will be later it's called Quickly Quickly it's my EP. no it's not called Quickly it's called Orbit it's, from it's my, called Orbit from my EP called Quickly <laughs> we're done um, uh, so go check out Henry's um, website which is henryfraser.com and uh, have a look at my website which is alicecomedyfraser.com I've got Melbourne, Sydney and uh, Canberra Comedy Festival shows coming up you're having tea with Alice. The moon 
cast up from earth in a shower of burning stone Now it sails the waters of the night sky all alone A sail in the darkness signifying beauty and fear Blown by a wind that he can't resist To a place that he can't come near So it goes around and around Around and around Flying away but going back It's in orbit Turquoise eyes and purple hair A broken nose and a pissing stare If I come too close I'll be consumed I fear like a blazing meteor, you see when the sky is clear. If I drift too far away, my heart would freeze. Like a man overboard, lost in dark and stormy seas. Don't wanna come too close, don't wanna drift too far away. The moon Just to be a humble satellite Though not as brightly as the moon I'll try to light the night time you find yourself beset by fear You just look through the darkness And you see I'm waiting here If you're down and troubled And you need a helping hand You just call my name You know you've got a friend If you're drowning you get close aboard my boat I promised you we'll stay alone I won't come too close I won't drift too far Oh, the moon and me will find us in orbit Oh, the moon and me will find us in orbit